G'day guys, welcome to episode 44 of my podcast that I call Imperial Rebel Orc Podcast. My name is Eero. On today's show, I'm talking about challenges, and there's two sides to that coin. Pick up the brushes, pick up the paints, pick up the models, and crank the music, because it's time for The Imperial Orc Podcast. So what am I banging on about two sides of the coin when it comes to challenges? Well, what I mean is there's the challenges that we come up against when we are involved in our hobby, when we're trying to paint eyes, for example. There's that kind of challenge. But then there's also the community challenge that people put up online, like on on blogs, for example, or on Instagram, I'm sure on Facebook and Twitter and places like that as well, where someone might have the idea of, Hey, like try and paint a squad of uh, whatever you choose by the end of July. Or it might be something like Armies on Parade, the competition that's put out there by Games Workshop. Let's tackle personal challenges when it comes to the hobby, first of all. Now, obviously, I can only uh, relay my own challenges, which there's many. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think, without blowing my own trumpet, I think I'm a natural when it comes to. Oh, this does sound a bit arrogant, but I really don't mean for it to. But I, I think I'm a bit of a natural when it comes to doing conversions. I don't know. I just I see it. I see what I want. I envisage what I want. I imagine what I want. And then I kind of just make it happen. There's no, I think I've said before, there's no real plan. Like I don't jot down too much. And occasionally it might be if it's a, a particularly intricate conversion or um, a bigger project or whatever. But I, I, I call it freestyling. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and I, yeah, I just I just throw myself in the deep end and get stuck in. So, so I don't find any of that a challenge whatsoever. I guess I find it challenging in the sense of like, wow, I wonder if I can achieve this. I wonder if I can do that. But I don't find it daunting is what I'm getting at. Painting eyes, painting even like straight lines or any kind of freehand, I find incredibly daunting and very, very challenging. I don't shy away from it, and in, and in fact, in more recent years, I've tried to hone it and and um, throw myself at it as more than sort of uh, going, oh, I could do some eyes, or I could convert another model. <laughs> I really try to go, no, 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 like persist and practice, that's the key. In fact, I've gotta be honest, Eyes are probably, painting eyes are probably the most challenge is probably the most challenging uh, aspect of the hobby for me. <laughs> and it's such a small thing, but that's why it's challenging. It's such a small thing. <laughs> painting the pupils, getting them straight, and um, not having them look cartoony or googly, googly-eyed or uh, cartoony. On a, you know, I think if you're doing something like a monster or something, and you can have googly eyes, but when you're painting a human or a space marine or whatever, you know, they, they kind of, they've kind of got to be right. Otherwise, it's extremely noticeable. And that's the thing. You could be a fraction out. Like I'm talking like 0. 0.00001 out with your pupil lining up, and it just screws it right up. 
painting eyes on miniatures should be an extreme sport. I mean, I, I get heart palpitations when it's time to paint eyes. Stop being a big girl's blouse hero and just keep practicing painting eyes. Because if you don't, I'll eat your bloody eyes. People that have mastered freehand just blow my mind. Even like painting a straight line gets me nervous, gets me a bit, Jesus, I've got to really concentrate on this. Um, and I, when I look back, especially in more recent years, I, I've been relatively happy with what I've achieved with freehand lines, but I don't know. I think under a microscope, I can still see that they're a bit wavy and not as solid and all that kind of thing. So yeah, I definitely find any kind of freehand work like that challenging but i mean there's people out there painting like the mona lisa on a shield um and i just that that blows my absolute mind or they on a pauldron they might paint like a a really cool coat of arms or something you know um for an imperial knight or something like it just it's incredible and what i, I think what i admire most is the patience to learn and to master something like that because i think that's what it comes down to for me a little bit i think i think if i practiced enough i could do quite well um but that's the thing with me I've got to really enjoy what I'm doing to persist at it, you know, uh, and especially when it comes to the hobby, um, because the hobby is should be a good time, not a hard time, you know. Another challenge I face, and especially as a converter and a builder, is getting the scale or the look of it or the believability of it just right, because as I've progressed through the hobby, um, I am starting to go, oh, the guns, especially from Games Workshop, the guns are quite big for the miniature. <laughs> and it's almost niggling away at me enough now to for me to want to try and make it more realistic. But then I, I rem remind myself that it is hero scale, it is out of proportion, it's kind of meant to look like that. So, I, you know, it's this internal battle in my head when it comes to putting miniatures together and making them look just right. But I think that can come down to the stance or the positioning of the miniature. Like if you've got the arms positioned a bit strange and weird, that can really throw a miniature or conversion out um, a lot, in my personal opinion. Um, I think I'm always... Um, challenging myself to try and make it make the stance the position as believable as possible yet another challenge for me is the details on a miniature painting them just right now I quite enjoy painting details so like buttons on a vest or um, medals or tassels or whatever gloves I don't know whatever it is little details even um you know might be like a a symbol or something like that on a gun or whatever um the challenge for me is spending a little bit more time on those to make them a little bit more believable so instead of just doing a, a dollop of paint for a button like try to give it a little something else um and we're talking microscopic details here but i think the for the overall picture the end result it definitely makes a difference if you spend a little bit more time on those things so so i've over recent years i've got better with things like highlighting um, because i've practiced it and i enjoy highlighting um, but i just think i need to get down to the nitty gritty details a little bit more to be honest though, I think the two biggest challenges for me when it comes to my hobby is finding the time to do it. 
<laughs> um, and <laughs> and uh, also sticking to one thing, to one project. But, you know, like I said, I think it was episode 34 uh, when I talked about hobby butterflies. <laughs> I think that's not really a challenge, is it? Like, it's just the way I am. I get excited about the next shiny project and I jump onto that. So so maybe that's sort of not really a challenge. But the definitely the finding the time is definitely a personal challenge of mine. Um, sometimes the time is there. Sometimes I sort of go, well, I could sit down and watch you know, Terminator 2, or I should go and do my hobby. And yeah, when you've been working all day, it's sometimes hard to motivate yourself to rip your ass out of the armchair, the comfy armchair that is mine, and uh, yeah, go and do some hobby work. Hey out there, this is Mark A. Morin. Check out my Instagram page at markamorin84, and if you really want some cool stuff, Check out my blog at markamorin.com. I know you'll like it because you have impeccable and excellent taste because you're listening to the Imperial Rebel Orc podcast. Stay tuned for more Madness from Hero. Speaking of freehand, we just heard a promo from Mark A. Morin, and uh, his most recent project is uh, some Aztecs he's been painting up for a little while now, and the freehand on the shields of these Aztecs is exactly what I'm talking about. It's nice and crisp, it's spot on, it's nice and straight lines, it's 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 really, really cool. So go and check his Instagram out, which is Mark A. Morin, M-O-R-I-N, 84 on the end. Okay, so the other side of the coin for challenges is, as I mentioned before, the community challenge. Now, I have a blog over on WordPress. Go check it out, imperialrebelorc.wordpress.com. And on there, quite often, a lot of challenges going up. Um, So sort of getting people involved and and getting people inspired and, and, and motivated to get stuff painted because I think we all suffer from that phenomenon where we struggle to find the time or make the time and as I mentioned before get our ass off the chair and and paint something so uh, the community challenges are designed to do exactly that come on get out of your bed get out of your chair and and paint something very simple I think this is an awesome concept an awesome idea because it, it works. From what, from what I can see, a lot of people do get involved and it does, it does set that goal for the end of whatever, November, to paint a robot, to paint a dreadnought, to paint a, a monster, whatever it is, to paint a vehicle. You know, it, it, everyone's got something. Most people anyway have got something or something they can sort of dig out of their pile of shame or as I call it, the pile of possibilities. And, uh, and get it painted. Then what's cool is the person who's put up the challenge, The let's call them the moderator, they've put it up and at the end, when the challenge is done and everyone's put their submissions in and, and linked their particular posts to their particular models that they've painted for the challenge, then that moderator will collate everything together and go, okay, here's what everyone's done. And it's those particular posts are really cool to read and to see what everyone's done because everyone's got their own sort of approach with things. Um, Just because someone's painted uh, a Tyranid in this color scheme doesn't mean 
the person on the other side of the world is going to paint it in the same color scheme. So there's always, there's quite a variety there, which is really cool to see. I think these challenges can also be a really good key motivator for gamers. So if you've got a game coming up and you've got a, a I don't know, a kill team, of a Death Watch kill team that you sort of been niggling in the back of your mind that you need to get them painted, but you've been sidetracked with painting a Nurgle monster or something or building a diorama, then these challenges, you see them pop up in your feed and you think, you know what, I could utilize this to get me motivated to paint that kill team. The funny thing is, I don't really take part in them. I, there's there's one key one I take part in every year. It's been uh, running for the last three years, and it's coming up soon in 2021. And that's the February challenge, which is uh, in February you have to uh, you have to paint, you have to build or something, paint a a female miniature or something of a feminine nature. Um, the last couple of years I've done um, dioramas and uh, yeah, for my daughters, there's, there's the three girls and they're fighting zombies. It's pretty cool. <laughs> and, but the first year, I actually won the first year. Well, not win. It's not really a, a win type. It's not a competition as such, but you sort of, I went to the top of the list, if you know what I mean. And uh, I'd painted this little girl with a big scary monster behind her and I'd sort of painted her to look like she was drawn almost in black and white. Anyway, so that was a really cool, it's a really cool challenge. And it's that one month of the year where I go, yep, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something for this. And what's exciting for me about it is that I plan in advance for it. I know it's coming. It's not a surprise challenge or anything like that. I know it's coming each year and I plan for it. I start to buy the bits and pieces that I need. I start to draw sketches of what I'm going to do and I try to make it better than my submission the year before. I've also taken part in other challenges here and there, sort of randomly, when the mood takes me. And I've got to say, like I said, I'm a big advocate for these things. I think they're fantastic and, and they clearly work for a lot of people to get stuff done. But for me, what it comes back down to is that, uh, it sounds weird, I suppose, but it's it's my hobby and I'll do what I want to do when I want to do it. <laughs> uh, I don't mean that to sound like a spoilt little brat. All I'm saying is that I don't, I don't want any kind of pressure and I don't want any kind of like nudging, you know? <laughs> I think it's a really great thing. Don't get me wrong. I honestly do. Hand on my heart. I think it's a fantastic thing and it really, really works for a lot of people, like I said. But for this hobbyist, Nah, I'll, you know, I'll just keep plodding away doing my own thing. One challenge that has, or competition more so, that has sort of sort of caught my eye in recent years is the Armies on Parade, um, organised by Games Workshop. For those of you that don't know what that is, it's basically like a big diorama. I think the size of the board, now don't quote me on this, but I think the size of the board is 400 by 400, or might be 450 by 450. So a fairly big, you know, block, uh, a big base. And it's basically designed to sh sort of show off your hobbying skills. So your, your miniature painting, your terrain building, your diorama building, your world building, and your, probably your storytelling as well. Now, obviously, being a Games Workshop sort of thing, then you have to use Games Workshop products. I'm sure they don't care if you use like... Uh, foam or some third party sort of stuff for the terrain aspect but 
you've got to have all Games Workshop miniatures, but that's fine. And from what I've seen online, man, there's some amazing quality work out there, like super, super impressive. So don't get me wrong, I'm, I wouldn't be entering it in, in the sense of it being a competition and me trying to win because I honestly don't think I'd have any hope against <laughs> what I've seen. Uh, like these are master builders, master uh, diorama builders, you know, like it's such good quality. So I think I would, you know, I'd be really down low level kind of stuff. But what it does for me is it inspires me. It makes me want to sort of just build something in, you know, in that kind of size on a 400 by 400 board, a diorama that size and, and show people, you know, and just take it to Games Workshop, the local one down the road, Warhammer shop, and just put it in there and see what people think and might get some tips and ideas for how to make it better or, or whatever. There's also a lot of, um, uh, Instagram sites, uh, pages that often will put up things like, hey, do you want to get involved in this kind of challenge or this kind of contest or this kind of project, um, a community project? And I think all that kind of stuff is so cool. It's really, really awesome. Um, you've got the invitational, you know, uh, inverted commas, invitational from um, certain groups or certain people that say, hey, I'm sort of putting together this idea. It might be for Inc. 28. I've got this idea and it's going to be set in this kind of world. Who wants to join in? Who wants to come along and play the game? Or who wants to just donate some models? Or who just wants to make their own models and take some photos and expand that kind of idea? And that's awesome to me as well. So it's sort of a challenge. It's sort of a call to arms, I suppose, in a way. So really, all these things, all these challenges and competitions and invitationals, and it's all designed to just uh, strengthen the community, get people involved, get people motivated to make this hobby of ours, this beloved hobby of ours, even better, even greater, and that sense of involvement. And I think that's that's such a cool thing because there are people out there that are lonely. There are people out there that don't feel like they may not belong and they may feel like they're sort of... Um, left to their own devices or whatever. And if they can just be drawn into these kind of uh, challenges and community sort of um, groups or whatever, that's such a cool thing. I think that's such a such a cool thing. So why not have a go? Why not join in these challenge, with these challenges? Get involved in, on the online community and stuff like that. Put up your work, um, come up with some ideas and, and yeah, have a crack. Do a big diorama for Armies on Parade or try and paint that squad by the end of February or jump onto WordPress and look up the Fembruary uh, challenge. Just type that into the little search engine on WordPress and you'll find a whole you know, a long list of people that get involved in it each year. Um, because why not? Just have a bit of fun with it, you know? But as I said, <laughs> I sound hypocritical now. As I said before, I'm not jumping on every challenge. I don't wait. I'm not sitting there waiting for the next challenge. I'm sort of really cutting my own path as much as I possibly can. But occasionally, something sparks my interest. And I think, yeah, you know what? I'm going to have a crack at this one. I am going to try and paint a monster uh, by the end of March or something like that. So I think it's such a good thing. It's the Imperial Rebel Org Podcast. The hobby spotlight this week is on an Instagram dude. 
that I follow called Slave to the Whip. Now, there's an underscore between each of those words, and whip is the abbreviated work in progress. So it's W-I-P. So that's Slave to the W-I-P. This dude is an Aussie. Now, I love it when I stumble across an Aussie person who is right into the hobby. It just, I love it. I don't know. It's just like Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. <laughs> it's so cool because I follow a lot of English. I follow a lot of Americans, Canadians, uh, Europeans, you name it. They're, they're all there. But every now and then you find an Aussie and you go, hell yeah. Now, what I love about this guy's work is every single thing. His miniature painting and building is phenomenal. And his diorama and board building is absolutely sensational. Like, it's just so good. He did one a little while ago this year, 2020. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's basically combined Mortalis, uh, Rider, um, 3D Rider, something like that. But anyway, just go to his Instagram. You'll find it. Just scroll through. It's basically a massive board, um, Necromunda board, um, with you've got the uh, like a maze on one side, and you've got this really putrid-looking, uh, green, muddy, murky, toxic-filled river that he's done with like uh, resin, you know, and it's just like a water, you know, to make it look like water, and it's so cool, man. It's like awesome. Another awesome piece that he's done more recently, uh, so when I say recently, this is, we're in December 2020 now, um, is called The Tree of Woe. So it's basically like another board diorama. He's got some structure, he's got some buildings, and he's got this big, long, creepy tree. And it's just, it is, it's just the the epitome of a tree of woe. <laughs> Don't know how else to describe it, but it's absolutely fantastic. So do yourself a favor, go onto Instagram. Even if you don't have an Instagram, guys, you can just type in slave to the WIP with a underscore between each of those words and Google image and you'll find his stuff. It's cool. It's absolutely mind-blowingly cool. And as I say, he's an Aussie and we've got to support our Aussies. So, uh, what have I been up to lately? Um, why am I laughing? Because uh, I haven't done anything. Um, <laughs> I was talking to a, um, a fan of the show the other day, actually, and uh, she'd said to me, um, she finds this part of the show, this segment, interesting and has found it interesting the last couple of times because I haven't had a hell of a lot to report on. <laughs> but it's still a segment. It's still what have I done? Um, <laughs> but yeah, honestly, guys, it's, you know, it's nearing Christmas. It's the silly season. It's the season to be jolly, but it's also the season to be absolutely flat out with work and, and, uh, social engagements and family stuff. And I just spent the weekend down with the, uh, with the in-laws, which is awesome. I love my in-laws get along with all of them. I'm just saying that in case they're listening. No, nah, <laughs> they wouldn't listen. Um, no, no, seriously had a great time, but yeah, doesn't allow any time for the for the hobby. Uh, I guess my hobby input, my hobby fun has been doing a bit of blogging and, and reading other people's blog posts and stuff like that, looking on Instagram and also, you know, putting this podcast together. Just for this episode, let's say instead of what have I been up to, maybe we can say 
what am I excited about? <laughs> and what I'm excited about is the fact that I've uh, just uh, put an order through for uh, some World War II American-styled orcs. So uh, listeners of the show and, and followers of the blog and the Instagram might know that I've got an army, an orc army that I'm building that's very much in the theme of a, a World War II German army. So they've got the the square type helmets and grey uniforms. Also, there's the uh, the Africa campaign where they're sort of doing the more deserty type uniforms as well. And it's all on orcs, which is cool. I just uh, it combines two things I enjoy: World War Two and uh, documentaries and stuff like that, and uh, and orcs <laughs> and a couple of years ago, you know, when you're sort of surfing the internet and you're looking at different miniature companies and seeing what's out there, seeing what's new on Cromlech or Spellcrow or Games Workshop or whatever it is, or War Games Foundry, and I'd stumbled across a Kickstarter for Max Mini, and you might know Max Mini, they supply a lot of, um, uh, you know, like head swaps and body parts and weapons and stuff like that, um, and so there was this Kickstarter where it was for um, these American GI, you know, type orcs. And I was super excited, but then nothing really came about of, from it. Like it was uh, the, the, the post I saw or the, the article I read was from 2014. So it was, you know, old anyway when I, when I first stumbled across it. And it didn't really, um, it didn't seem to go anywhere as far as I could see, but I kept checking back with Max Mini to see if there was anything, and there was nothing, 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 but I'd get a few bits and bobs here and there. And then just the other day, just a few days ago, I jumped on there, haven't been on there for a couple of months now, or maybe even three or four months, had a look on there, and bang, there were these World War II American Marine GI, whatever you want to call them, themed orcs. And I was like, oh my God, this is... This is everything. This is a dream come true. So yeah, so bar a couple of things, I pretty much ordered everything and I'm super excited. Now they are made to order and it, there was a little uh, fine print saying up to 60 days wait. But you know what? I'm a patient man. Plus I've got a ton load, a shit ton load, I've got to be honest, of stuff I can do, like a paint and build and whatever else. So there's no immediate urgency for these things, but I am super duper excited to get my my greedy little hands on them, I gotta say. Hi there folks, this is Mike here from Starship Varenus. Check out my hobby work on Instagram and WordPress. Just search for at Starship Varenus. You are listening to the fantastic Imperial Rebel Org podcast. If you'd like to send me an email, guys, feel free. It's imperialrebelork at gmail.com. That address again is imperialrebelork at gmail.com. I've had a few emails over the last little while, and uh, just to say, you know, they're enjoying the people saying they're enjoying the show and all that kind of stuff, and that's always great to hear. Feel free to send me pictures of projects you're working on. Um, you know, here and there, I will give you a shout out. Uh, f- jump onto my Instagram, which is imperialrebelork. Uh, check out the, the blog, which is imperialrebelork orc.wordpress.com. Um, another thing you can do, if you want, entirely up to you, there's no pressure, and I certainly won't be paying you for it, just let's make that clear. If you want to promote your show or promote your, so you might have a podcast, you might have a YouTube channel, you might have an Instagram or Facebook group, or you might have a club or something like that, feel free to contact me with a little voice promo 
um, just saying who you are and what you do and how to find you, how to find your website or whatever, the link, whatever you want to do. Maybe to talk a little bit about what you're interested in, whatever. Make it about 30 seconds, up to 30 seconds. And if you can, do me a big favor and mention you're listening to Imperial Rebel Orc Podcast. That'd be awesome too. I'll slot it in as like a little ad. So a little uh, royalties-free ad. Like I said, I'm not paying you. And you're not going to get any kind of money from it. It's just going to promote your corner of the internet, basically. Let's put it that way. So feel free to do that and email it over to me, imperialrebelorc at gmail.com. What I'll do, I won't edit your reading or your words or anything like that. I'll probably just put a little bit of music over the top just to make it a bit more funky. That's it for episode 44. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed the uh, the chat about the challenges and all that kind of thing. Um, make sure you listen to next week's episode because I'm doing another interview. Every now and then I slot in an interview. I don't do tons of them only because they're a little bit more harder work. <laughs> and I, did, I didn't start this podcast to work hard, damn it. Um, no, it's just a little bit more fiddly and all that kind of thing. But I am super super excited about next week's episode because I'm interviewing my hobby dad. Now, for that person that emailed me who wanted to remain nameless, he's not actually my real dad. Okay, I think I may have mentioned that, but that's okay. He's not my real dad. My real dad isn't interested in the hobby. He has hobbies, but it's not the miniature hobby. <laughs> but this guy <laughs> this guy is the imperfect modeler, um, and he's over on uh, WordPress as well, so go and check him out. He's, he's, he's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And I'm really excited to have a chat with him. He's, a, he's an Englishman, he's a gentleman, and he's an amazing hobbyist, an amazing diorama builder and miniature painter. I've got a couple of pieces of his that he's painted for me, and I cherish them. They're up on my shelf, and I, you know, like, I bow down to him. It's like a little shrine. <laughs> Maybe not quite. But yeah, so super excited to uh, interview him. So check that out next week in episode 45. But uh, that's it for episode 44. So until then, uh, take care of yourselves. Cheers. Bye. You've been listening to The Imperial Rebel Podcast.